The latest major revision to the iPhone operating system is here. In this episode of the Macworld Podcast, it's all about iOS 16, the new features you can use now, the new features you have to wait for, should you even bother with it, and more. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. Last week, Apple unveiled new iPhones that ship soon, and they come with iOS 16, which was officially released on Monday. So it's nothing but iOS 16 in today's show. Jason, you've been using iOS 16 since the beta. Would you say that this is Apple's uh, most compelling update to iOS in its most recent history? That was a pretty loaded question. Yeah. Not necessarily, but I'll say that, like, iOS 15 didn't, it had a lot of little nice quality of life things, but it didn't have any like big major singular feature that you could, that that the average user would just be like, oh, wow, like that's a new thing. You know, it had a lot of little things like the thing where you can point your camera at a sign and copy the text and stuff like, you know, little things like that. But it didn't have any like big global feature that was obvious and, and like, wow iOS 16 does have that, plus it has a bunch of little things like throughout, just a bunch of improvements, like the way dictation does punctuation now and all this other stuff. So it's it's good in that sense. It's in, in the sense that like I think a cup I think people will in the same way they did with what was it, 14 that introduced the widgets and the and then 13 had the app library, which people didn't care as much about. I think a lot of people just left their home screens full of stuff and then also had an app library. But, you know, the widgets and stuff on the home screen was a big deal. And then 15, a lot of little stuff throughout that was nice. But now 16's got that home screen stuff. I mean, the home screen, the lock screen stuff that everyone will notice immediately. Everyone will have fun customizing it. Everyone will make their phones look different. Yeah, the, the the lock screen's real. It's real nice. It's a way overdue, but yes. it's um, it's a neat bit of personalization, customization. If, if you've owned an, an Apple Watch, it's not dissimilar to that in the sense that you know it's it's somewhat rigid in the customization. It's still an iPhone. You know, Apple's mm. not going to let you do whatever you want. Yeah, but you can really make it your own within the confines of the system that they that they give you, and it's it's like shockingly. Uh, personable in the sense that like the, there's different fonts you can do uh, you know like almost, it's not quite themes but it's pretty close to themes in this in the sense that in, in, in what Apple has given you with the with the wallpaper styles it's it's really um, it feels for the first time that you know from the moment you pick up your iPhone it's it's like yours yes yeah it, it you don't have that feeling where everybody's iPhone looks like the same black slab of glass until you unlock it. And then you see the photo that you stuck on your background and it's that one photo, right? <laughs> like uh, the, this, the uh, opportunity to have your photos s- to pick photos or have it pick photos for you to swap through all the time is awesome. The weather stuff is awesome. The, you know, a lot of the choices they have for how to dress up your, lock screen are really nice. Uh, it seems from looking at people's first impressions on things like Twitter and Reddit and stuff that people are not 
yet used to notifications coming up from the bottom instead of going top it's, down. It's, yeah, it's, it's definitely different. Not not even just the stack, but even if you unstack them, uh, it will start at the bottom and go up as it fills this, the the lock screen. And I think a lot of people don't like that. And even some people are like, I don't even do that. I want the count thing, but I want the count up top. I want the count up high, not down at the bottom. And I kind of get that. They wanted to make it one area, and I get that. But it would be kind of neat if you could just have the bottom clear and this, this the count like up top where the lock and stuff is. Widgets are cool. A lot of apps support the widgets already. Uh, they did a smart thing by making the widgets framework pretty much the exact same thing as the Apple Watch complications. So it, anyone's got any experience with it. There's a million tools out there and anyone who's got any experience making an Apple Watch app knows how to make a, a widget for the home, the lock screen already. Yeah, and they actually look pretty similar to the watch complications. They're obviously a little bit bigger because it's a phone, but they're little circles and they have a very condensed view of a specific data set like temperature or battery icon, whatever it is. As, as far as I know, they literally are the same as the corner complications, not, not the... Not the shaped complications, the the small size complications that you get in the middle of some Apple Watches and in the uh, faces and in the corners. I think they're literally the same. I think they're the same like resolution, icon, glyph requirements and all that other stuff. <laughs> like how they animate, what you can choose for, I don't want to say colors, but opacity and stuff. I, I think they're exactly the same. I think it's like, look, we put Apple Watch complications on your home screen. Which is a very Apple thing to do. It, it makes sense for what they want to do because they they don't want people messing with a bunch of color and all this other stuff and having it look like it doesn't match the other stuff on the home screen. I think it's funny that the battery percentage indicator, which seems like a trivial kind of feature, some people don't like it and it's sort of been somewhat controversial. Well, it's because they it's been so so with with the iPhone 10 they took it away. So it used to be there was a little battery icon and the little uh, filled up thing in the middle went gradually went down as your iPhone went through the day. And next to that, there was a percentage that said you know ninety eight percent, sixty seven percent. Yeah, they took that away when the notch came in because they you know they couldn't fit it as neatly as they wanted to, and it hasn't been there for like five generations now mm -hmm. and then they added it back and you know I, I i've been using it and i have it there but i i'll admit that it's a little weird because it's always full until it's 20 percent, and then it's not <laughs> so yeah it's, like you have to look at the number or else it looks like you have a full battery in order to make the number look clear in the way that they want with just without using multiple colors and outlines and stuff like that they keep the battery icon full and that's put and just have the number if you've got the number turned on. And then when it goes below 20%, it changes to the little red 20% thing and it, uh, it lets you know that it's lower. Yeah, I think it's yellow and then red at five or something like that. It's not even that. It's just strictly like nothing until it hits 20%, then it changes. When it's charging, it's yellow and green and red, but oh, that's um, not, not when you're using it. Yeah, that's it. When it's charging, it's when it's yellow. It, it's a little weird. Some people went out there with um, some, you know, everybody likes to tell Apple, like, why didn't you do this? And then they go out and make examples of 
you could have made it look like this. And there's some nice ones out there, but I think the problem is they don't match any of the other glyphs that Apple puts in the status bar because they don't have anything that has outlines and or any, any of that kind of stuff. Like everything is just so I understand why they didn't do it. It's a little annoying. Uh, it's also a little annoying that you can't get it on an iPhone 10 R is it? Yeah. 10 R 11 and the mini. Yeah. And the minis because the lower resolution screens, I guess they don't give a reason. Even, the, the, the minis don't have low res screens. I'm not sure why it's not in a mini. It's weird. Um, they have less space and there it is lower resolution. It's fewer pixels. But marginally so. Yeah, it's not. It's not like the 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 eleven had you know significantly lower resolution than the OLEDs. I mean, it's, it's still an OLED screen. It still has pretty high resolution, but you can't get it on the mini, and it's you know it's fine. Whatever. It's weird. It's just a, another Apple thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, if you don't like it, you can just, and you turn it off. It works the way it's always worked for you. Like it's always you know. And on the iPhone SE, it's the same as it was, which is you get the icon and the battery next to it. Yeah. iPhone SE and the iPhone 8. Another new feature is the uh, haptic keyboard. That's another why did they wait so long. <laughs> yeah, the haptic keyboard is, is, is straight up the best new feature in iOS 16. It's fantastic. You know, when you turn on your iPhone first, the, the keyboard clicks and has little haptic f- feels. You know, as it clicks, the click, the click has been there since day one. It's yeah. terrible. But if you want to turn off the clicking keyboard, you turn off the the feels and now they split them. So you have your haptics and you have your sound and you can turn off one and not the other. And it feels just so much better than I, I've used a bunch of Android phones. It's, it's, it's a really nice tactic feed, feedback mm-hmm. and, and not separating it from the sound like you know, every now and again, like a family member or a friend will, will be typing on their iPhone and I'll hear like, tick, 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 tick. oh, like, yeah, like, you, like, you know, you can turn that off. right? So loud. It's so annoying. <laughs> yeah. it, it's one of those things I kind of hope that it, it, it'd be nice if in a software update, they made it the default. Yes. Not to change it from somebody who's updating, but just like the new phone experience. When you start up your new phone, just have haptic, have, give, have the clicking off and the haptics on. I think that's the. Should be the good new default. You know, typical Apple fashion. They, you know, it's just a pleasant experience. The feedback is real nice. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's 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 very well done. And it, they've had this on third-party iOS keyboards for some time. But who uses those? <laughs> like I know some people do. Right. It, it, they exist, and some of them are nice. But just the percentage of people who go download a third-party keyboard is just pretty low. Kind of hand-hand keyboard. Have you guys messed with the? dictation at all there's some dictation improvements mm-hmm. in ios 16 uh it's vastly improved in the sense that it's more flexible more versatile and it's it's actually a little bit slightly more accurate maybe in my testing i think I mean, so it, it's hard to say maybe a little bit the best part is that you can switch from from keyboard to voice um easily without stopping one starting the next one and you know yeah the they're whole kind of both running at once integrated. yeah when you start dictating the keyboard stays there and you can just stop talking and start typing and stop typing and start talking without having to tap or do anything. You can just move the cursor somewhere else, select a word and speak to replace it or type to replace it, whatever. So the, the fact both are running at the same time is better. It seems to be a little faster, more accurate to me. 
the auto punctuation is so hit and miss to me that I don't think it's worth using for most people. I think I think you're going to spend as much time correcting it uh, as anything. So if you've gotten used to speaking your punctuation when you're dictating, just keep doing that for now. <laughs> it's great that they're working on that. It, it They really need to get to where commas and periods and question marks are auto-inserted. And that's all it's supposed to do. It's not supposed to do any other punctuation like quotes and all that stuff. You have to still speak some, those punctuation things. But yeah, it's a little it's a little off, but I think the accuracy's gotten better. Uh have you guys used any of the new features in messages? You can uh unsend messages now, you can edit messages. Yeah, I mean they're they're good. They'll be better in like three months when everyone's on iOS 16. That was my main thing. That's why I, I hadn't really used them uh, hardly at all outside of like a brief test to say like, how does this work? Because I don't. everybody I know doesn't have 16 yet. So it doesn't really edit the message for them. They just, they, they get another message saying, this is like the edited message. Yeah, so yeah, it literally says it literally says um, message edited, I think, or something like that, and it repeats the message, and it's kind of like a nuisance if you don't have, and there's no indication on your end if the person is using iOS 16. So if you do it, like it lets right. you do it, it just doesn't look great. So it'll be much better in a few months. I, I'll say this: Apple is not adopting RCS at any time. That this like this is a feature that really sets them apart. Editing and unsending, it's 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 pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. And Google can have as many ad campaigns as they want. Apple is not doing. I mean, Tim Cook said it himself a couple of weeks ago in an yeah. interview. Basically, you know, it's not something that I use. No, want. until and, regulators start breathing down their neck. Right. Well, there's that. There's that part. Yeah. That's the way it always is with Apple. They're never going to do anything until it's like they're either forced to by regulators or. They're just trying to keep a regulator from forcing them to do worse things, right? Yeah, there's no reason why adding these features means they shouldn't replace SMS in the green bubbles with RCS in the green bubbles. Like that's just better for everyone. But Apple doesn't want to do that. They don't want to do that because then it opens up like Google to make their own iMessage that's compatible with Apple and they're just not going to do it. You know, RCS is like – it's basically iMessage for everybody else. It gives you those typing indicators. Uh-huh. It gives you like all, like all the, you know, the, the, you the emoji stuff, the, the tap box, fo- right, good good quality images. It's – and it I don't think it would necessarily dilute the iMessage experience, but Apple apparently seems to think it will because they're not, they're not doing it. It's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the way iMessage like sort of integrates with other Apple services and stuff. You know that that wouldn't happen with RCS. It's and and there's no reason Apple wouldn't make still green bubbles, right? It's just the green bubbles wouldn't send a a twenty kilobyte JPEG. It would send like a, a real looking image and stuff, right? It would, and you'd get typing indicators and things. Like there's just no reason for it. Uh, I think a lot of people think they're never going to replace. Well, nobody's saying replace iMessage with RCS. Or build our iMessage on top of RCS. Nobody's saying that. Still have the two separate things. Just make the green bubbles suck less. They don't want to do that. They're not going to do that. And hopefully, I hope regulators breathe down their necks hard enough in some in the EU or something 
to make them want to do it because it's just better for their customers. I don't care about it being better for Apple. I want to be better for me. Apple make the things that are better for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the the realistic the or the 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 realism here is that people text all day. Yeah. You know, not everyone we yeah. know has iMessage. I mean, I send mm-hmm. plenty of texts every day and whether or not Apple wants to sell an iPhone to everybody in the world is 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 incidental because it's not going to happen. So, yeah, as you as you say, it would be it would be better if they improved that experience and it's it also plays into privacy security because SMS is wholly unsecure. It's not encrypted, it's not anything and and RCS is a little better in that department. Yeah, it's at least has the opportunity to be encrypted in one-on-one messages and and stuff like that. So, you know, it's better than the completely wide open thing they have now, right? So, just to clarify for the audience, the new features in messages in order for them to be, I guess, transparent, mm-hmm. is that the recipients also have to be using iOS 16. Right. What do you mean? What do you mean by transparent? So, like, like, like so if you edit a message, yeah, that, it'll uh, say. Right. So, I try to, I tried it with my wife's phone. When you, when I, I sent her a message and I edited it, and she got a second message that said uh, message edited or edited message colon, and then it resent the message that I that I changed. If she was on iOS 16, it would replace that message with a little edited icon underneath right. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just transparency like, is not the word. It's just, yeah. Uh, seamless flow, or whatever. Guess, yeah. Or seamless, yeah. Yeah. And you have um, two minutes to edit and 30 seconds on unsend? Yes. And it keeps a – if you – I think it's long press or something on an edited message, you can see the history. You can see you can edit it up to I think five times, and and you get to the recipient will get to see the edits if they want. That's a pretty good compromise for the worries about sort of safety and security that they've they've had with the initial plan. And uh, mail also has uh, undo send. You can't edit mail messages, but you can you can stop them from reaching their. Um, uh, that works a little location. differently. That has. That doesn't require any sort of like software on the other end. That's just literally delaying the send of your email by like a minute in the background so that if you decide to unsend it, I I forget what the time limit is. It's a minute or two minutes or something like that. Other email clients have done this and they do it the same way. When you hit send, it doesn't actually send it. It just starts a little background timer before it really sends it. To give you time to undelete it, which is, I mean, to to unsend it, which is really just saying, don't send it before the time runs out. Right. Uh, Gmail has something similar. That's good because, you know, everyone uses a different mail client and on different systems and computers and all that stuff. So I saw on Twitter a bunch of people noting iOS 16s that it feels snappier and faster to them. They always say that. Twitter always says that whenever Apple has a new update. <laughs> I do think some of the animations have been shortened a little. So it's not like it's actually running more smoothly. It's just, you know, they made this transition take 200 milliseconds instead of 250 milliseconds just when you swipe from here to there or whatever. The lock screen animation is awesome. Yeah, nice. It's and like smooth. a new, a, yeah, the new way that they do it. 
where it used to be the abs kind of came in from the sides. Now it like you almost like lifting up like a like a curtain or a window pane or something, and uh, it slides up. It's it's very nice and very smooth. And I think I think Jason's right. Like they kind of tweaked. I don't know if it's if it's faster as a as a you know it's optimized. I'm sure a little better than iOS 15 was, but they've also kind of tweaked and shaved down some of those animations, so it does feel like all throughout the system just a little bit a tiny bit quicker. Speaking of transitions, the gold star for the coolest transition is if you use the I think it's astronomy. Is that what they call the it? Lock, the lock the, screen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which gives you some different options. One option is to show the globe with real time, like what time of day it is and real light, real weather and centered on your location on earth. And then when you swipe into the, when you unlock the lock screen, it like zooms in on earth to a, a closer up view of you on earth. And it's so cool looking. <laughs> it's the littlest thing, but it's so cool. So there are, a, there are a lot of new features. Are there any other uh, new features that stand out that people should be aware of? The, um, Cutting images out of photos is pretty slick. Yeah. If you've ever wanted to, I don't know, like you're sharing something on Twitter or you're mm-hmm. even you're just doing like a little art project, a short little quick thing, and you just want to cut out like a person or a dog or whatever it is. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing how you can just kind of click and hold it or tap and hold and it comes right out of the yeah. image. It's, it's, it's awesome. On images, on web pages, stuff in your photo gallery, anything, like any... It's not going to work on like within apps. Like you can't do it like within a game or anything. It has to be like a JPEG or PNG or something somewhere. But yeah, just tap and hold. And you'll, depending on where you are, you'll either literally be able to drag the subject right then, or you'll get a a little pop-up menu of options where you can say select subject. And then, then just, you can drag it around or you can copy it and paste it and drop it into messages and stuff. It's really awesome. The other thing along those lines that's really cool is when you take a screenshot, one of the new options now for um, what to do with your screenshot, like when you tap to edit and save and stuff like that, hit done. Mm-hmm. You always have saved to photos, saved to quick notes, saved to files. Now there or delete. Now there's copy and delete, right? Which is perfect. It's like I took a screenshot and. Just put it in my clipboard, but don't save this screenshot. <laughs> and I'll paste it and I never need to see it again. You know, perfect. Yeah, you used to have to click it, share it, and then go back to it. And then it would give you the little option to delete it. Or or you share it from where it is and then or, – or save it. And then you have to go back to photos and delete it from your screenshots and photos. And now my photos are full up of screenshots. This is, this is perfect. Yeah. Have either of you guys tried the new uh- – Door detection feature. Yeah, I, I just I haven't. I've been meaning to try it, and I just never remember to try it. I just because it seems like an interesting feature. It's really an accessibility thing, so it's not the kind of thing that you're gonna notice. It, it, it's not like on by default for people or anything like that. Right for people who don't know, uh, you can use for people who have low vision. The iPhone can detect doors now, and then it can help give you instructions on like identifying signs on the door, how to open the door Mm -hmm. uh, and other ways to interact with the door. I don't know if that's, is is that an AI thing, I guess. Oh yeah. Interesting. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's doing that same stuff it does where it just recognizes objects in real time in view. Um, 
Plus, it's doing the stuff where it can read text in your thing because it can read out signs on the doors to you and stuff like that. It's cool, but I think uh, like you have to open not magnifier. There, there's a feature you have to open for it to even work. I'm trying to remember what it is. Don't know if it's on by default, but you have to hop into accessibility settings to turn it on and everything. They've had a person detection feature for a little while now where it would tell you how far away a person is. Like, here's a person, they're eight feet away, you know? Um, so it's kind of like an expansion on that. One um, kind of odd head-scratching thing that they did is they added a search bar to the bottom of the home screen, which I guess that's because people maybe didn't know that spotlight was there that you can... So, for several generations now, I don't know I don't know when it started, iOS 11 maybe, you could swipe down on the home screen to bring up your spotlight search, which lets you search apps and files and things like that. So, now they added like a little search bar to the home screen that if you click it, it just goes to the same thing that you would have gotten to if you swiped down. I mean, it's fine. It, I don't like necessarily have a problem with it. I just think it's strange that they decided now to put it there. You you can take it off. There's an option in um, uh, wallpaper or dis- display settings to, to, to turn it off. It's in the spot where they used to have little dots showing your which if you have multiple home screens, which home screen you're on. And if and, you and turn it, it off, those that. dots come back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and swiping down from somewhere in the home screen still works. Yeah, which, which was, is what I'm used you know, to it's doing. Me but, too. Then that's it's a good it's a good gesture because it's a you know you, you're you're literally pushing the screen down to get to search. Like it makes sense. It is, and it isn't. Um, I feel like I can't tell you how many people I talk to. One don't even know it exists, and then when you try and tell them to do it, they swipe down from the top of the screen and get their notification shade or control center, and they're like, "What?" And then like, "Now what?" And I'm like, no, 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 not from the top of the screen, just from anywhere in anywhere the screen, else, swipe down. Else but that. And then yeah. they type and then they tap on an icon and it launches an app. And they go, well, but I launched my app. So trying to explain that, like, no, it's like a little swipe somewhere in the middle of the screen somewhere. Yeah, it, it's not a it's not the kind of discoverable thing. This makes that search discoverable. And that search is awesome. It's really powerful. Yeah, like, it's that very is good. the best way if you if your phone's full of apps and you can't find it, that's the easy way to find it. Just do that, start typing a couple things. It searches within your emails and all that within your messages and web pages and everything else. So it, it really is an incredibly powerful tool that more people should be using i think it's smart to surface it a little bit in a way that's like visible as opposed to making it an invisible thing that everyone's going to accidentally draw their notifications down uh yeah i mean i i've had people uh my parents <laughs> come to mind that didn't know that you could do that but um it's just strange that i guess it's strange that it took them this long because spotlight has been around for you know many years and i wonder what compelled Apple all of a sudden now to say, you know what, we need that little indicator on the home screen. They probably just have some usage stats that show like, well, there's a 1.2 billion iPhones out there and Spotlight's not <laughs> it's getting used by like 10% of them. I was messing around with the news sports section in the news app. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really do sports, so I'll take your word for it. I'm still getting used to it. I think it's funny, though, because you can select what teams you follow, and I guess they auto-suggest teams based on the articles you've read. 
And I, my suggestions are not the teams that I usually follow because I was just reading articles that were I thought were interesting from other teams, and I don't necessarily follow those teams. Yeah, that's interesting. You would think that they would suggest teams based more on your location. Right. Because most people want to know about the regional teams for where they right. are, and then maybe like another team from back home or something. That's what mine seemed to be. I mean, also, I also follow and read about regional teams, but they gave me like Red Sox, Yankees, Patriots, things like that. But it's, 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 it's nice. You know, scores are there and stuff. It's not like particularly robust. Like if you want like a box score and stuff, you still got to go somewhere else. But it does give you a little recap of what, you know, what happened the day before with some news and stuff. It's, it's, it's okay. I, I kind of like news, Apple news. I don't, I don't mind it. Um, I get it. I, I have the Apple one. I wouldn't pay for it on its own. Like it, the free version's fine, but um, it's 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 pretty good as far as like it's it's updated. You know, I think quicker than Google News with like breaking stuff, you know, breaking news events. Um, there's a nice like recap in the morning that they send you that you know re- recaps both the breaking news of the day before plus like some features that you might have missed. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, the way that it is actually human curated is pretty obvious. Uh, and and pretty good. You don't get a lot of sort of low value stuff in there, um, yeah. and that works out pretty well. And like you said, I wouldn't if it wasn't part of Apple One, I wouldn't pay for News Plus. Uh, some people want to read magazines on their phone. <laughs> I'm not one of them. Yeah, I, I mean, I've looked at hours. I've looked at hours occasionally, but that's about <laughs> it. And it's if, you know, it's I, I don't I don't either. But uh, you know, it's it's good. I'm. I, it kind of gets a bad rap. Maybe it's a little too expensive at ten dollars a month. I don't know, but it's 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 not bad. The thing I hate about News Plus is that I have blocked a few publications, and it isn't smart enough to remove that uh, story from my feed. So I'll get a "You've blocked so and so," and then it gives you an option to click on it. And read it if you want. And I'm like, no, I don't want to see that publication. Yeah, Just, don't suggest it if I've blocked it. Don't even yeah. suggest it. I that's why I blocked it. So don't even suggest it. And it still it still suggests that, or, or at least give me the option to not have see that. So I don't. I don't think I've I've blocked any publications. I don't think so. Maybe I have. I don't know. I I don't think so though. I don't really care. I mean, if I don't want to, injure, I just you know ignore it. I, I, I hate hate read most stuff that I read anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Based on uh, the Slack activity, Mike's always posting stuff of articles that are he thinks are that ridiculous. Is, yeah. that's, that's 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 my most my my biggest form of entertainment. There are a few features that Apple talked about when they introduced iOS 16 that have not been released yet. Uh, they'll be released in the next few months. There's sort of, uh, I would say there's two really big main ones. There's iCloud Shared Photo Library, which was in the betas up until the last, really up until the release candidate. That was like, it wasn't in the initial beta, but like it, it came in in July or something and it was there for a while and then it cut last minute. Maybe yeah. because iPads aren't getting their iOS 16 update until 16.1. Who knows? Yeah, it makes sense to kind of do that all together. Also, Mac OS, like that's a kind of feature that makes sense to do together. I think so. So that's that's one. The other big one is live activities, which are those uh, notifications that can update 
on the home page on your home screen. Like, and it could be all kinds of stuff, sports scores. It could be like a, you could start a run and it's got your running time and distance. It could be like a flight tracking, you know, like tons of stuff. Instead of just kicking you a new notification all the time, it would just show a notification that stays on the bottom of the screen and updates. Yeah, that, um, so that, that the iPhone 14 Pro is dynamic island. Like mm-hmm. that's what powers that thing. So that could be part of that as well. That's why they delayed it. Maybe, I don't know. Like they're working on something to do with that. But that's like that live activities API. That's how developers will develop those little expandable and animated things for that. And the API is there for developers to start working on this stuff. But it's um, it's not in this release. So Yeah, probably, probably 16.1 for both of those is my guess. Yes. Yeah, especially the cl- iCloud photo library because that was in there. And, and yeah. available until it wasn't. <laughs> and there's another one that just they just announced yesterday, kind of quietly. This thing called and uh, just went blank. A uh, clean clean energy charge. Yes, clean energy charging. Yeah, they haven't been all that explicit as far as what it does, but it. Uh, well, Jason, you can describe it better than I can probably because you you wrote the story in their news story about iOS 16 being available. It was just in a footnote about availability. Right. So it's not even a description. And all it said was like, it will attempt to chi- charge your iPhone at times when the grid in your is using cleaner sources of energy. Like, that's it. That's all it said. So like, is it a toggle you turn on and off? How about it? We don't know. It, we know it's only going to be in the US because that's what it said on their little footnote. That's literally all it is. There's some services out there. There's one called Wattime. If you went go to wattime.org, I think it is. You can see like how green is the energy in my grid right now. Most energy providers give uh, have a web page somewhere where they say like what are the sources of electricity for our grid right now, and those fluctuate a lot. You know, obviously you don't get solar at night, and wind power is based on the wind, and uh, hydro is based on you know time of year to some degree, and and weather. During the peak power usage, when it's really hot or really cold or something like that, uh, they have to use more natural gas because you can spin that up real fast. You can like literally like turn a dial and make it make more <laughs> like immediately. Um, and then you can turn it back down quickly. So there's that information's out there for at least most U.S. grid operators. And I wonder, I'm sure Apple's just getting a feed of that from somewhere. And then is going to charge your phone when it's better in your area? Yeah. So 9to5 dug into iOS 16, the code, mm-hmm. and they found um, a new background process that collects – uh, I'm just reading their site right now – that collects carbon emission data from local load balancing authorities based on the device's location. Then iOS also downloads a carbon emission forecast from a server. With this data combined, the system controls when clean energy charging goes into action. So kind of like what you were just saying. But it there has to be another piece of that, which is and and Apple already kind of has this data um, of but when do you charge and how like that only works if you plug in or put it on a charger and then it doesn't charge right right it decides I'm gonna wait and in order to do that it has to know when normally you don't need your phone again right away like like the last thing you want to do is plug in your phone because you need to charge before you leave the house in an hour and it doesn't charge because it's like the grid's dirty right now 
and I'm waiting, right? You don't you don't want that. So it needs to have historical usage data for you to know like, oh, this is when they plug in at night and it stays plugged in for hours and I can start charging a few hours from now and it's good. Yeah. They do that with um, overnight charging to keep it around 80% so it doesn't like mm-hmm. overcharge. So yeah, they already, already had that stuff built in. Yep. Um, yeah, I, 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 I guess that that's right because like you say, when you put your charger, your phone on a charger, if you plug it in, you're not going to babysit it. You're going to go do something else, come back. And if you needed it charged and it didn't, you know, that's a problem. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I'm assuming it's going to be a toggle that you can turn on and off, but it's going to be interesting to see how it all works and also when we get it. But yeah, it's weird that they didn't talk about it. Like that's like a perfect like Earth Day feature or something like something to some press release like they would have gotten they would have gotten a bit of attention if they spotlighted it. Yeah, or during their presentations when they talk about their sustainability efforts and how everything's made from recycled stuff and all that other, you know, you think they would have mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, other stuff coming later. Support for Matter, which is the smart home crossability oh, standard. The, the uh, home app is is new. It is and different new, and, and better. But the there is some uh, under the hood optimization stuff to make it more resp- faster and more responsive and everything. And that plus the matter support is coming in an update. So it's going to the, the new and improved interface and all that is there. But the under the hood total reworking comes with the matter update sometime this fall, they say. Uh, if you bought an iPhone 14, that satellite SOS stuff isn't coming until November. Or Apple says November. So maybe 16.1 will release in November. Maybe it'll be 16.2. Who knows? So don't get lost. Don't get lost in the woods until you get that software update. You know, it's funny. I was driving to Pennsylvania recently, and um, I, I, might have, I might have said a story last week. And, like, there are parts of, like, you know, East Coast U.S. that – there's just nothing. There's no cell service at all. Oh yeah. You know, there's some there's some rural parts of even like developed areas. And I said to my wife, like, if we get stuck right now, we're in, we're in a little bit of trouble here because I have no cell service. Yeah. And we, you know, we had a bit of gas, but it was getting somewhat low and we didn't know when the next gas station was. And, you know, it's a smart feature and it's a good one. And I'm glad that they have it. I'm glad that it's free for two years. I don't know what happens after that two years, but I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But, um, you know, it's, it's good to have a little bit of peace of mind that if you know, you're entirely off the grid and you're stuck and you're in an emergency situation that you do have an option. Of course, you know, you got to buy a thousand dollar phone or $800 to a thousand dollar phone to get it, but you know. <laughs> yeah. So now that iOS 16 is out, do you guys recommend people update it right away? If you have to ask, the answer is no. If you've already gone and updated or you're hitting refresh right now and downloading the update, you just want your your opinion validated. It's fine. It's it, there's not there's not a huge list of bugs. You're gonna be fine. You know the the people who are that into it. It's been about a day as we record this, and there has like usually there's something somebody finds as like a major ish bug that needs to be fixed in a point oh one. Yeah. There hasn't been anything that I've seen both by using it and in in, in press reports. Yeah, there's been a few minor things. There's been some stuff with ad apps not updating and stuff like that, like little things. There's probably going to be a sixteen point oh one. Point one before there's 16.1. That might even come this week with the new iPhone 14. We'll see. Sometimes they do that. They push that out on the on launch day. Uh, my recommendation is 
if you're excited about it and you're already downloading, yeah, good. If you're really one of those people who are like, I'm not sure if I need it, let me wait. Then yeah, usually wait a couple of weeks. By a couple of weeks, they have out the emergency bug fix releases, or usually by the time they get to the dot one release, you're good to go. So if you want to wait like a month-ish for 16.1, that's not going to kill you. There's a lot of cool stuff. And if you're excited to use the cool stuff right now, it's not a buggy mess or anything like that. You'll be fine. And there's nothing in iOS 16 where you absolutely have to have now or else you won't be able to do this or that. Well, the main thing I think would be messages. The the messages features that don't really work right unless you're all on it. Well, that does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 808. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast in the podcast app on Spotify, on Amazon Music, or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time. <laughs>